And this is Encounter with God here on Faith FM. Nobody has snapped up, snapped up the quiz yet. No one snapped it up or snipped it up or We've snapped it up. We've had what three people of the answer in our live audience snapped so far. Yeah, we we had three correct three yeah, correct answers three from correct, the live audience, and then four. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, three correct, and then three non. I think Jasmine and I got it both on the same clue. Yeah, and then da- didn't Darren get it? And then Darren got it on the third clue. Yeah. And I have to apologise to all the people who... <coughs> but Darren wasn't here me. for the second clue, so we let him off the hook. Yeah. I just want to apologise to all the people who have been jumping on our Instagram to look at our Insta story where we usually put up the clues for our quiz because the Wi-Fi here is so terrible. I just realised that none of them have loaded for the past two days. Oh. Really sorry, guys. There you go. <laughs> You're just going to have to tune into the show <laughs> and memorise the quiz. Ah, the Wi-Fi only works before six o'clock in the morning. Um, once people wake up, that's it. It's done. When you get Maybe two and a half thousand put- people that invade a town of about like 300 people, it kind of clogs the system Maybe up. I'll just put all the clues up before the show even starts. There you go. Yeah. There, there you go. Loaded. All right. There all right. Go. So if you're an online listener. Don't put them all up because some of them are too easy. I'll put the. I'll, I'll leave off the last like two because they're the yeah, easy yeah. peasy lemon squeezy ones. Uh-huh. But let me give you. Speaking of the easy clues. The fourth clue for this quiz. So what am I quiz? Paul had one of these in his flesh, which he asked the Lord to remove. Mm-hmm. Paul had one of these in his flesh, which he asked the Lord to remove. Give us a call if you know the answer. You know our number. It's 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Well, there you go. And, of course, Jasmine is joining us from the live audience here this morning. Jasmine, welcome to the show. Hello. All right. So, Jasmine, you were on here the other morning too, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, fantastic. All what right, are you grateful so. for this morning, Jasmine? I am grateful for having a tent, which keeps me and all my stuff dry. Oh, amen. Relatively dry. Relatively dry. Relatively dry, because everything is kind of slightly damp. Yes. But the good news is that the rain has stopped, and from now on we've got sunshine, everything's going to dry out, and we're all going to the beach. I hope the humidity goes away. My hair would appreciate it. I go to the beach every day, Lyle. I was at the beach this morning again. It was awesome. Yep. Yep. Did it get rained on? A little tiny spray, but for like a split second that was all. Okay. Yeah, it was great. Right. Actually, last night, it was funny, when one of my friends uh, went to his tent to grab something and realized that all his mates had left the tent, the flaps open, and a downpour came through and everything was soggy. His, <laughs> his bed was wet and everything, so I hope he slept well. A puddle of water. Yes. Okay, so our uh, Bible study subject for today, 20 million movement, 20 million people studying the same passage of the Bible, although we are a little behind, but we're playing catch up. We're, we're getting there. Still be um, interesting. We're going to be talking about interactions today. Ooh. Interactions. How should we interact with other people? What does the Bible teach? Let's go to Romans chapter 15 and verse 7. We should have gotten our interviewer, interviewee <coughs> to stay around for interactions. Romans. Yeah, true, true. Uh, she's going to be. She's an expert on interactions. Romans chapter fifteen and verse seven. Uh, Mon, what have you got for us right there? I got Romans eleven. Hang on, getting to Romans fifteen. Romans yep. fifteen verse. What did you say? Fifteen verse seven. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you, so that God will be given glory. What does that mean? Uh, how does How does that mean that we should relate to interact with others? We should treat each other the way that God treats us. And how does God treat us? Well, he accepts us. He does. Um, not only does he accept us, he loves us, he um, showers us with grace and mercy, and he will do anything to win our friendship. Kind of the opposite of what you see amongst a lot of 
religious interactions that are taking place in our world today, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. Particularly in the wake of what has taken place in mm-hmm. Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, our hearts just go out to, to those people. But if only we all followed this passage right here and we thought about the grace and the mercy that God um, shares with us and, um, and, you know, treated other people in exactly the same way. Okay, moving on from there, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 2, please, Jasmine. Ephesians 4 verse 2 is where we're heading to next. Yep, page is turning, page is turning, page is turning. Jasmine is a current Bible student, by the way, at Arise Bible College. Indeed. Correct. Yeah, so she's uh, she's doing this year at a Bible college called Arise. For those of you who haven't heard of Arise, it's a Bible school, Bible college, uh, where you can enroll and do an intensive Bible course. And uh, she's a student there, and she's actually got classes throughout Big Camp. So, yeah. Yeah, three and which and means I might have to leave partway through the study, but that's all right. Nah, that's <laughs> all good. So, three and a half, uh, three and a half month course that you can do there um, in the Kingscliff area. We feel so bad for you guys having to put up with uh, living in Kingscliff. But um, <laughs> that's sarcasm if you weren't sure. <laughs> nah, Kingscliff is a nice place. If you want to do a three and a half month uh, Bible course, um, give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three is the number, and we will put you in touch with Arise. Do you recommend the course there? Absolutely. Very good. All right. Ephesians 4 and verse 2, what have you got for us? Ephesians 4, 2. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Why don't you read for us verse 1 as well? Verse 1 kind of goes with it as well. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Okay, so Paul is beseeching us. What does that mean? Kind of like begging pleading, in- yeah, pleading strongly encouraging yeah, yeah 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 strongly encouraging so he is strongly encouraging that we work worth walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we were called what does that mean it's some that's some old timey language right there i'm telling you yep say it again we walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we were called so vocation is work like your yes. career yeah yes to walk worthy so so what work were, were, were we called to as Christians? <laughs> so I, I would say uh, in Mon's version, um, to, to live a life that reflects the fact that God's called you to be his disciple. Yeah, our vocation is to be a Christian. It's okay. to be a disciple. It's to be a disciple. That's our yep. vocation. That's our work. Our work is to be, and we're to walk, walk worthy of that. And get this correct here in a minute. Um, and with what kind of attitudes? In verse 2. Jasmine. Oh, basically, patience. Okay, patience, yes. What else have you got there? Um, Forbearing one another in love. So, like, being patient with one another when someone's doing something, it kind of grates on your nerves. Just uh-huh. All right, there's, 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 a word, anyway. there's a word here that I think a lot of people would um, struggle with a little bit, and that is the word lowliness. What is What is lowliness? To be humble, not loneliness, but lowly, lowly. Like not to think of yourself in high regard, like to get off your high horse and be humble. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think um, you know the Christian ethic. This is really talking about the Christian ethic right here, which has framed Western society, where we do not appreciate people who are arrogant. This is lowliness is the opposite of arrogance, and. You know, we, we don't look up to arrogance. We don't see it as a positive thing. We see that as being a negative thing, and that's because our morality has been shaped by Christianity. I think that's changing which now. Which values humility. I think that's changing now. As as the world right now, I think uh-huh. there's so many 
so many celebrities like Kanye West who are just so arrogant and so full of themselves and uh, and so big up on themselves and people kind of admire it now like they say he has confidence or you know he's innovative or, you know they, they use other words other than arrogant to describe I mean he has plenty of people who hate him for that reason for sure. but then plenty of admirers who think you know that's what it means to be confident I think he's just a um, a very smart marketing person in marketing himself and he has recognised that there is a a niche here where if he puts himself across as being arrogant rather than being insecure, then he's going to do well. I think he's just making money out of it. No, I think he's an arrogant. <laughs> I mean, that's what Obama said, so. <laughs> you you go, go with it. But, yeah, it is it is something that um, is changing in our world, and it shouldn't be changing because, um, you know, this is what we've got. All right, what about meekness? What is meekness? To me, it's difficult to describe meekness without also describing the same attributes as being humble. It's powerful humility. Powerful humility. That's meekness. How, what is the difference between meekness and being humble then? Um, yeah, good question. You said powerful humility, right? And humility and humble is the same root word, right? A lot of people see humility as being weak. And because weak kind of rhymes with weak, they put those two words together. But when you actually look at the original word and its original meaning, it's a very powerful word. And it's using humility in a in a very powerful way. Um, so you can have a powerful impact on people. You can have a powerful effect on people uh, because you are not arrogant and you are not, um, you know, just, I guess, annoying everybody else who is out there. Do you think these voices will be getting lost? Yeah, I think so. It, um, you know, these are words that have become unpopular and are starting to, to disappear in our society today. And it's, it's a bit of a sad thing, and that's why we're getting, you know, this increase of, of violence at this time. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Yeah, I was reading um, just two days ago, Lyle, in the in the Bible. I think it was in Psalms, beginning of Psalms, was saying that um, you know God loves a, a meek and quiet spirit. And uh, and I was thinking how dichotomous that is to today's, you know, what we're pushed to be, what we're what we're encouraged to be, like you know, be loud and get your voice heard, and you know, everyone should be seen and heard and be able to have their say and just be really loud and and just encouraging people to be, you know, I guess way more in your face. Than we used to. I, I was wondering if that was the result of you know the last hundred years of um, aggressive advertising, and so now people sort of think you have to advertise yourself at all times. As okay, well. so is it wrong to be confident? No, not at all. But it's like, where do you draw the line between being a meek and quiet spirit and being confident, and then you know being a, like I I struggle with this because I often find that if you're meek and quiet, you're also going to get trodden all over, and you're going people are going to use you like a doormat. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, moving on. First uh, Thessalonians chapter three and verse twelve is the next passage of the Bible that we're going to mon. First uh, Thessalonians chapter three and verse twelve. Are you working on knitting there this morning? Yeah. Well, no. 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 Cro- crocheting. I should go. say crocheting. Learning, Jasmine, learning. do you crochet? I do. Really? Yeah. Do you knit? No. You just crochet. Yes. Because that's the easy one, right? Um, it's not the easy yes. one. It's the only one I know how to do. It's the better one. <laughs> you guys. What am I going to do with you guys? All right. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12. What do you got for us there, Mon? 
says, And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow, just as your love for you overflows. Just as our love for you overflows, sorry. You know, the verses that we are reading here this morning, imagine what our world would be like if everybody put these into practice. Ah, such a different place. You know, all of your major religions, well, most of your major religions, uh, promote this kind of a concept. You know, Abrahamic religions, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, promote this kind of a concept. Um, Buddhism promotes this kind of a concept. That's a big chunk of the world. And look at what is happening in our world. Our world is being torn apart by religions. Why, why is that? Why is the world religions teach this, but none of their followers seem to actually follow it? Yeah, there's this thing called human nature, and without the converting power of God's grace, human nature is a pretty nasty thing. There is this fallacy out there that humans are basically good, and as a result of that, humans need to you know reach within themselves to find the good within themselves, and the more they try and find the good within themselves, the more evil that comes out. It's just that simple. Yeah, that's true. Um, and the, really the only solution is in dying to self, living for Jesus Christ. Yourself is the problem. Yourself is not the solution. Do not ever be true to yourself. That's the worst. That's the worst. Whoever came up with that idea, you've got to be true to yourself. Seriously. Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible, terrible advice. It's the, it's the most terrible advice our world has ever received, and we hear it all the all. I hear Christians saying this. I've heard Christians say this from the front of the church, and I'm like, what on earth are you talking about? I don't want to be true to myself. I know what myself looks like. It's mm. not a pretty picture. I want to be true to God. Yeah, I want to be true to Jesus Christ because I know what he looks like as well. That's a very, very different picture altogether. James chapter 5 and verse 16. James 5 verse 16. Um, and Jasmine, you'll find that on page 1053. Oh, okay. <laughs> because your Bible is exactly the same as mine. <laughs> All right, what have you got for us there? Um, What was the verse again? Chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Okay, so what does the Bible tell us? How How should we be relating to each other here in this passage, according to this passage? Being very open and honest with each other. Okay, open and honest? What's the advantage there? Mm. Why, why is it an advantage to confess your faults to each other? Well, it builds trust. Okay. You're not like hiding things from each other. And, uh-huh. Yeah. And also, I would, the other thing I would toss in at this particular point is that not only does it build trust, but it builds accountability. Because mm. I want you to notice what it is, what the Bible says here. It's not talking about confessing your sins to each other. It's confessing your faults. What's, Mon, what's the difference between a fault and a sin? You got me there. Uh, is fault for me you didn't know? No. Basically what it comes down to is that every person has their own particular weaknesses. We're humans, we have weaknesses, and your weakness is going to be different from my weakness. Those weaknesses are our character faults. And it's our character faults that then lead us to act on those faults and commit acts of sin. And so in confessing our faults, you can say, hey, I have a weakness in this particular area. Therefore, pray for me, be an accountability partner with me, keep me on the straight and narrow. Whereas we don't need to be telling everybody all of our sins. I mean, there's, there's definitely a, a, a very, you know, there's many times when it is entirely appropriate to uh, tell someone your sins, particularly if you have sinned against them. Gotcha. I didn't realize that. That's very interesting. So it's like saying to you, Lyle, I have a fault that I have a weakness for 
uh, yarn. Mm. Uh, but actually, community sin would be like buying lots and lots of yarn. It's mm-hmm. the difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So now that you've confessed that on air, I will I, I hold just, you. No, no, I will no, hold you no. accountable. I was just making an example. Buying lots of yarn and getting out of control. With, I, you know, I do probably have Bible enough yarn says, for the next three years, so I probably don't need to buy any. There's this thing in the Bible that says, "Thou shalt not covet." <laughs> I ain't coveted nothing. It's this little song here, "Thou shalt not covet." But is it coveting if it belongs covet. to the shop and not to a person? <laughs> Because <laughs> it's not my neighbour's yarn It's Spotlight's yarn Is Spotlight not your neighbour? Spotlight wants me to cover the yarn It's part of their whole entire marketing scheme uh, Mon, what are we going to do with you? Take me to yarn rehab <laughs> What will they call that? Yarners Anonymous <laughs> Yarners and, Yarnaholics Anonymous Yarnaholics Anonymous YA It's no, no longer youth <laughs> Okay, maybe we should change Anyway, we need to move on in our Bible study and we're going to talk about choices. We need all we we all get to make choices and so when you walk into spotlight you get to make a choice. Do I have enough yarn or do I not have enough yarn? <laughs> I have Every enough. Every woman listening to this goes, Oh Lyle, there's no such thing as having enough yarn. <laughs> But when you have a whole shelf full of yarn and it's going to last you for the next three years, you don't need to buy any more. This is not necessary. <laughs> Unless it's on sale. This is still not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> that makes no sense at all. Go you on, are still spending point. money that you do not need to make spend. Make your point. All right. <laughs> Making choices. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. Ephesians 1, 1 to 4, and this time we'll go to you, Mon. Uh, I think you need to read this one. Oh, I see how it is. Ephesians yeah. 1, verse 4, you this said? Using, using the Bible for ammunition rather than admonition. <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. Oh, pages are stuck together. Hang on. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4 says, Even before he made the world... God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Okay, so mm. uh, what are these verses what does this verse tell us about being chosen by God and when were we chosen when were you chosen? Uh, before he made the world. That was a long time ago. That was a long, long time ago. And so he saw you and he chose what did he choose you for? Uh, he chose us to be holy. Okay, so God's choice for you. Mon, a long, long time ago, was to be holy. Okay, so um, Jasmine, are you leaving us? I am. I have to go to class. <laughs> we have enjoyed having you on the show this I've morning. Enjoyed come, being and, on. C- come and join us again tomorrow morning. I shall. Uh, bring all of your friends. Let's have uh, let's have a big uh, studio audience here again and uh, heaps of fun. Sounds like a plan. All right. Enjoy your Bible class. I yes. Will. Tell us all about it tomorrow. Tell us what you learned. <laughs> okay. What, what, Ooh, what, we'll classes, test you. what class are you doing right now? Um. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, 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 um. I'd have to look at the schedule. Okay, there's this thing, there's this verse that um, oh. Jasmine takes very, very, very seriously, and that is sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And this day has not yet happened, so she has not yet had the need to use up her extra ram in uh, looking at the schedule. I actually know exactly. what I actually know what her yeah. schedule is today. She's being taught by Jennifer Jill Schwerzer about our relationships and. Um, yeah, it's funny because we're actually interviewing Jennifer Dilschwerzer later this morning and playing her interview uh, in the coming weeks. So, yeah, you should definitely enjoy that. I, I got to hear her speak last night in the Connections tent, and it was incredible. And, of course, if you want to hear all about uh, conflict resolution, if you want to take your relationships advice further, you can head over to um, Family Ministries tent. And uh, Karen Holford will be there. 
Very good. Thank you, Jasmine. And uh, we will talk to you again tomorrow, okay. but we need to head on with it. Continue on with our Bible study right now. What were we talking about? Ephesians we were talking 1 about, verse 4. We, we were indeed, Ephesians 1 verse 4, um, where the uh, Bible tells us that we were chosen to be holy mon. 6,000 years ago before this world was created, God saw you and God chose you to be a holy person. That's pretty special. But right now, um, we have Travis Cottrell who is bringing us uh, what a beautiful song. You were the word at the beginning One with God the Lord most high You're hidden
beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. That was a beautiful name here on Faith FM. We have another clue for our quiz. Yes, indeed. I think they're getting a bit easier. Um, I think this last one's going to be super easy. This is our last clue for this quiz. So 1-800-324-843 is the number. Get ready to call it because you're about to get an easy clue. Okay, what am I? Jesus had a crown of these placed on his head by soldiers. Okay, so studio audience, if you know the answer, you're allowed to put up your hand. Do you know the answer to that? uh? Jesus had a crown of these (laughs) placed on his head by soldiers. That one's too easy. Give us a call. I'm sure you know the answer. Matthew chapter 22, verse 35 to 37. Mon, really important passage passage we need to look at right here. Matthew what now? Matthew chapter 22 and verse 35 through verse 37. You find all the pages of the Bible really hard to turn when they're damp. Yeah, they, they stick together. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Joseph, we have some more people walking into the studio. Joseph, come in, come in. Grab a, grab a seat over here. Okay, Matthew 22, verse... 35 to 37. 35 to 37. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Okay. What, what does this passage teach us about free will? That we have it? Yeah. How does it, how does it teach us that we have free will? Well, he's, Jesus is commending us to love him, right? Mm-hmm. And so he was asking us, and, you know, saying, you know, we should love the Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all your, um, it denotes that we have a choice. Yes. And, and, and Joseph's just walked into the studio. Joseph, welcome to the show. Hello, it's a pleasure to be here. Hi, Monica. It's good to have you on board. Oh, love thanks it for inviting me. Okay, I love Joseph, it walk by got, and jump on. <laughs> Joseph just was randomly walking by us the tent, so I'm like, Joseph, come in. Yes, Sit behind the microphone. <laughs> and uh, you've got a bit of an accent. Whereabouts are you from, Joseph? I'm from Brazil originally. Ah, uh, yes. we'd love to have Brazil. Obrigado. Arginada. That's my only Portuguese word. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so why? Um, let, let me ask Joseph this question. See if yes. see what Joseph has to say. I'll put him on the spot here. Wow. Jesus, Jesus commands us. With the, the, by Jesus points out that the commandments say, you know, love the Lord your God with with all your mind, with all your heart, with all your soul, and you know, love your neighbor as yourself. What, how does how does that teach us that uh, free will is central to um, everything that God stands for? Now that that's a that's a, a great question, Lyo, and um, I think that uh, a good place to start with that is with First uh, John four sixteen, 
Uh, there's a, a, a okay, we've, just had, we've just had a, a theologian walk in amongst our music. You can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> God is love. Okay. So love, the yes. essence of God is love, and we see that all throughout Scripture. When we look at Genesis chapter 1 and verses 26 to 28, we see that mankind has been created in the image of God. So if the, if the essence of God is love, well, love, to be loved and to love is an essential inter, uh, part of being a human being. Uh, but at the same time, uh, love demands freedom you know God could have created us as robots God could have created us you know it's like my, my daughter has a little uh, dog robot you know you press the button and he says rup, rup, I love you I love you so uh, it's not real love you know maybe she doesn't know he, that yet she's only 16 months but uh, the reality is that you know love is only real if it's a, a choice and you know in the Garden of Eden God has planted the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and you know some people say oh you know what is the big deal about you know taking a fruit from a different tree but you have to remember in in the garden of eden there was a, a perfect world so god needed to give adam and eve an, a choice to disobey him a choice to rebel against him if they wanted a choice to define good and evil for themselves but ultimately a choice to either love him or not because they could show their love to god by obeying him or if they wanted to choose to disobey him and not love him, they could do that choice as well. So this is what's the big deal about the garden. So when, when Jesus is kind of summarizing the law of that operates the universe, if you want, the, 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 the most fundamental law is the law of, of, of love. So, you know, the, the God has created, engineered this universe on the principle of love, uh, on the principle of uh, us, you know, using everything that we can to loving, loving him and to love others as well as ourselves so um, I think that when Jesus says lover God he's basically saying listen you can choose there's only one choice that you can do in this life that really matters you either love God and you do what's just and what's right and what's pure according to the way that the universe was engineered or you rebel against that and you just you know focus into self interest and you know I'll do whatever is good for me it doesn't matter who needs to pay the price for it um, and you know that path Unfortunately, ultimately leads to death. Could yeah. we could we go as far? Could we go as far as saying that um, in creating the power of choice, God has created love? Yeah, that's a very um, thought provoking statement. Uh, because I, I mean, would say yes. And, and the reason I say that is that love is impossible without the power of choice. Yes, I agree, hundred percent. And so when God created the power of choice, at the very least, he has created the possibility of love. Yes. And if God was to remove the power of choice, he would eradicate love. Yes. So then if God has created the power of choice, yeah, you you can't have one without the other. Which is an interesting thought when you think about um, many of the teachings that you find in our world today that teach that uh, either that we never had the power of choice or which is um, the teaching that is called predestination. Predestination teaches you never had the power of choice. And so if you never had the power of choice, then love does not exist. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah? Yes. Um, Or the other one that is out there is that um, God removes the power of choice. When you give your life to God, he removes the power of choice. So if you give your life to God, you believe on him with your whole heart, you confess his name, you get saved, and from that point forward, God has taken away your power of choice and you cannot be lost. So if God removes your power of choice, can love exist? No, it can't. Okay, so love is one of these um, 
elements within it's, it's probably the foundational element within Christianity by which we can judge true and false teachings. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that a, a, an easy way to see that maybe you know some people say, oh no, this is getting too theological. But you know, if we want to to bring it a very very um, practical level, just think of a love between a man and a woman in a marriage. You know, um, if the if if the only reason wh- why the I do that, you know, the groom and the and the bride say it's valid is because no, it's an option. You know, um, if 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 a man approaches a woman and says, "Listen, I love you, I want to be with you," and she says, "No, I, but you know, sorry, but I, I'm not interested," and then if he you know takes the gun and you know points up to her head and says, "Now, you know, does that change anything? Now, do you love me?" Of course, this is not going to be love. So love. Um, you know, love uh, entails freedom. Uh, and that's why we all love a wedding so much and it's such a special moment within that wedding when they say, I do. Because they have made that commitment based on free choice. The, on free choice. And the, but the, the interesting thing, the paradox of love is that as they're making that commitment, they're saying, listen, I accept you and I'm, I'm going to honor you and I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to love you to the exclusion of every other person in the whole world forever. So it's interesting that love does, you know, in a, in a way, love does remove some kind of freedoms in the, in the sense that if you want to be uh, coherent with your love, you're making a choice to be faithful, to be committed, to be consistent. Not that does not say that you cannot have the possibility of abandoning that covenant that you have made, abandoning that decision, and going astray and and breaking that uh, love. But if you want to be love and you want to be consistent with love, you are actually limiting yourself from doing a, a bunch of stuff that is, is actually going to harm the person or the object that you love. But that's Absolutely. just making that decision every day. That's continuing to say, I do, every day. That's the outworking of love. That's the longevity of love. Yeah. Um, guys, been fantastic to discuss this concept of uh, the relationship between love and free choice. We're out of time. Um, this is Sila. Beautiful, um, terrible cross. There is a beautiful, terrible cross Where though you committed no sin Savior, you suffered the most wicked fate On the cruelest creation of men Yet on that beautiful, terrible cross You did what only you could Turning that dark inspired evil of hell Into our soul's greatest good We see the love that you showed us We see the life that you lost We bow and wonder and praise you For the beautiful, terrible cross Beautiful, terrible cross Though darkness was strong on that hill You remain sovereign, Lord, still in control As your perfect plan was fulfilled We see the love that you 
terrible cross for the beautiful terrible Part of camping caravanning scene? Join Australia's largest annual national gathering of travellers and caravanners at the Stewart's Point Convention Centre this year, Stewart's Point, New South Wales. It's an amazing campground among the trees. Inspirational Christian speakers. With incredible music. And beautiful beaches. And a relaxing environment. Be part of the community and make friends for life. May 10 through 18, Stewart's Point Caravan and Convention Centre. Contact Debbie on 024994-3220 or simply email graynomads at adventist.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. There was a spot there in my life where I was comfortable enough to cling onto the pain that pulled me down. Thought it was giving me security, but I had to reason with myself, telling me that's not the way life works. Cause we weren't built to carry weight like that. But when times get rough, your feet get
to feel your mercy all around me. I feel your mercy, God. I thank you for your presence as you walk right here beside me. In spite of all the desert, God, I know you won't desert me. So use my life, use my words to show the spirit working in the silence of the darkness. So let's just speak with love. Back guys, that was Ashray with uh, that was with love, and of course Ashray is somebody who who uh, who is with us here at Big Camp right now, and someone that we interviewed about her new EP, and so that interview will be coming up in the next few days. Yeah, sometime soon. You'll get to hear from Ashray and get to hear her story. Amazing voice, just incredible voice. Beautiful voice. voice. Loved listening to Ashray. She actually sang at the Super Sunday Fun Day. And uh, and Shell and I, the producer and myself, heard her singing and we devised that we were going to drag her off stage and interview her when she was done. So it was really great. She was singing right here outside of our tent studio that we have all set up uh, here at Big Camp. What have we got for question of the day there, Mon? Okay, so question of the day, a bit of a curly one. What does Romans 14 verse 2 mean? Does it mean if I am vegetarian, my faith is weak? Okay, so here's what it says in Romans 14 and verse 2. It says, For one believes he may eat all things, another who is weak eats herbs. And so here, of course, on Faith FM, we promote a plant-based diet. Does that mean that we are weaker than everybody else? The answer is no, because there are many bodybuilders around the world who are very, very strong individuals and live on a plant-based diet. So from a biological perspective, a plant-based diet will not make you weak. All right, what about from a faith perspective? Some people look at this passage and say, well, this passage means that we have permission to eat anything, and this passage is doing away with the law of clean and unclean foods. I want you to notice that in the law of unclean and clean foods, it has nothing to do with vegetarianism. It has nothing to do with a plant-based diet. The law of clean and unclean foods is uh, all based around a flesh uh, a, a diet that includes eating of flesh or dead animals, as I like to term it for all of my meat-eating friends. <laughs> they are all pet. You are all pet cemeteries full of dead animals. You know, maybe yeah. I should. <laughs> Wild, getting a bit graphic yes. here this morning. Okay, so what is this passage all about? We need to find out. Um, if you go down through the first five verses of Romans chapter fourteen, you are going to find three issues. Three issues, and here they are: food. Holy days and judging. Those are the three issues that you find in Romans chapter 14. You will find this same concept paralleled in uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse uh, 14 through 17. You will have food, holy days, and judging that are spoken about. And you will also find it in 1 Corinthians. Now, 1 Corinthians, and so this is a bit of a theme that Paul has in a few different places, but 1 Corinthians actually explains for us in detail. You have in chapter 8 a whole chapter talking about who this person who is weak in faith is and why it is that they are just eating vegetables. 
and you'll find that the issue here is food that is offered to idols. So in verse 4, we're just, we're just going to summarize it because we don't have a lot of time to read the whole chapter. Um, as concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice to idols, Paul says, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and there is none other God but one. And so what used to take place in uh, ancient times, they would take meat, they would um, offer it in a ceremony, they'd have a ceremonial uh, practice where they would offer it to you know, to the idols, to the gods, it was specially blessed. When they ate that food in, it was seen as eating the god or eating the power of the god, so they're getting the, the power of the god within themselves. You could charge a premium for that kind of meat. Um, it was it was more expensive, and a lot of people, when they moved from paganism to Christianity, were like, you know, we are never going to touch this food again. Um, and just in case, just in case there, it, it, it may have been, you know, offered to idols, blessed by idols, whatever it might be, um, and we didn't know about it, you know what, we are going to become vegetarian because we don't want to take the power of Satan into ourselves. And Paul's like, you know what, the idols, they're nothing. Uh, it's just an idol. It's, it's really not an issue. Uh, he goes on and he says, you know, there is not in every man, this is down in verse 7, th- that knowledge. Uh, for some with conscience of the idol, in other words, they are still experiencing their pagan connections um, under this hour, eat it as a thing offered to an idol. In other words, they eat it as a part of, they, of their, their, their pagan practices. And their conscience being weak, is defiled, and so what you'll find here is that for you know verse eight, nine, ten, eleven, Paul goes on to talk about the weaker brother, and so the weaker brother is somebody who has come to Christ, but he still has this connection with this food that is offered to idols, and because he hasn't, you know, he can't, he can't participate in this practice without being convicted of the wrongness of it, and so he just chooses to eat vegetables. It's like the easy way to go. Um, you're going to be safe. You're never going to have any connection with it. Paul's like, you know what? It's actually just food. It yeah. really doesn't actually matter. There's nothing in it. An idol is a piece of stone. So he's still just like learning and growing, and he's That's still, right. yeah, he's still yeah, and he yes. wants to avoid things that might you know hurt his brain. I mean, mine says um, another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Yeah, precisely. So to do with the weakness, it's just you know sensitive. Yeah, it's like some people practice Christmas and some don't. Yeah, exactly. some have a more sensitive conscience towards it, and some don't. Uh, we could look at many other parallels that there are in the, in the if Bible. If you have a question, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-OF-M is our number. We love fielding questions. Ask us anything you want. We'll answer it live on air. I've tried to stand my ground. I've tried to understand. But I can't seem to find my faith again Like water on the sand Or grasping at the wind I keep on falling short So please be my strength Please be my strength Cause I don't have any more Plant my 
cannot create it and I cannot sustain it It's your love that's keeping me Please be my strength here on Faith FM. We have come to the end of the show, which means that we are about to give something away. What have you got for us there, Mon? We have a wonderful copy of The Acts of the Apostles by E.G. White. This is great because, you know, we're talking about just now what, you know, Paul and the disciples were talking about, the apostles talking about with the... um, Food offered to idols. And this book will cover that story, that cover that uh, that section of the Bible. It's a wonderful book, The Acts of the Apostles, written by E.G. White. Joseph, have you ever read this book? I have. Actually, I read it last year. How good could is you, it? Could you recommend it? Oh, absolutely. It's inspiring. It's inspiring. There you can you get a free copy right here, right now. Just be the first person to call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. First person to call through will have this book shipped to them free of charge. We want to say thank you to all our blow-ins today from our live studio yes, audience. Kevin, Varney. Joseph here We had our interview It was great Miroslav right at the end there Walking in And Robin, Robin. Yeah and uh, Jasmine Matt So many people this morning Come and join us Every morning 7 till 9 We'll be in the Faith FM pop-up studio tent That's next to the dining hall Here at Big Camp At Stewart's Point Free cookbook For everyone who steps in People have been enjoying Those cookbooks um, we, we haven't told Miroslav yet That he um, That he actually owes us a, Anybody who gets A free cookbook Owes us a meal you do know that. 
<laughs> He's going to try and give it back now. Oh, there's no vibe for tea. Nice. Love it. <laughs> if you are anywhere in the Stewart's Point area, please drop by Big Camp. Big Camp is a wonderful, spiritually uplifting time. Uh, there's workshops, there's speakers, there's presentations, stuff for the kids. It's a great time. Just drop and if you by. Are not, if you are not in New South, northern New South Wales, then give us a call because there are big camps that happen right around Australia. There's one in South New South Wales. Right around the world. There's two in Queensland. There is South Australia. South Australia. WA. Victoria, Tasmania has big camp, which has yes. about 200 people at it. It's an annual event. happens worldwide in many different places. So, yeah, check out your local. It'll be happening sometime within the next 12 Some months. of these big camps have five thousand plus people turning up to them it is just the most amazing environment experience that you will ever go through but anyway if you would like to know more about the bible don't forget to give us a call 1-800-324-843 is the number and we will connect you with people who can help you to understand the bible better and of course we've had joseph on the show if you're in the newcastle area joseph will come and share the bible with you he'd be happy to give you bible studies um, share some of the great thoughts that he has. You're listening to Faith FM. Stay tuned. Great program coming up. I believe for every drop of rain that falls, a flower grows. And I believe that somewhere. Darkest night, a candle glow. I believe for everyone who goes astray, someone will come to show the way. Yes, I Smallest prayer will still be heard, and I believe that someone in the great somewhere. 